Hi, I'm Mark Schroeder and welcome to my podcast. I'm a Christian who's convinced that the Bible is true and actually is the best way to get to know God, the one who has saved us in Jesus. This podcast is a collection of Bible bits and pieces, Bible talks that I've given in all kinds of contexts. You see, I'm an ordained Anglican minister working in Sydney, Australia as a college chaplain. My main role is to teach the Bible in a Peter 12 Anglican school. But also from time to time, I preach in church, I speak at youth groups, or I teach the Bible at other youth events. I hope that this podcast is a great way of you getting to know God a little bit better and helping you to figure out what it means to live for Him because of the saving work of Jesus Christ. Before we get started with the, uh, this next podcast on Colossians, I thought I'd just give you a little bit of introduction about the book of Colossians itself, because I don't actually do that in the beginning of this talk. Um, so uh, the book of Colossians is written by the Apostle Paul, who wrote to believers who were living in Colossae. Uh, they were only new Christians, uh, but they were in need of some encouragement so that they would be firmly established in the faith and so continue to walk in Christ Jesus the Lord. Paul writes to them to confirm in them their good order and firmness in their faith in Christ. Certainly there were many challenges for these new Christians and so Paul also warns them so that they would be careful to live their life in Jesus. If you want a key verse for Colossians, go to chapter 2 verses 6 to 7. Paul makes his message really clear there. He says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Just as the Colossians had accepted Jesus as their Lord, so they were to walk in him, Paul says, not adding something to Jesus, not wandering off down some other road, or not moving on to some higher experience, but instead growing in the spot where they had been planted. That is, in Christ, the Lord, the master of the universe. For these students that I'm speaking to, I think Paul's letter to the Colossians should be a wonderful and a challenging reminder of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it should also be a motivation, a motivation for living out a good, firm and robust faith in Jesus. I wonder and I hope that this will be true for you as well. That as you listen to this podcast, as you listen to this message, that you would be encouraged to live out a true life in Jesus, to walk with him. This first uh, little talk that I'm doing is on Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 to 8. So maybe get your Bible out and, and follow along as I teach this section to some students at our senior school. It's titled, Original Faith in Jesus. Alright, so uh, knowledge should make a difference. Would you agree with that statement? Knowledge should make a difference. Uh, And so what I want you to do, I want you to tell the person next to you, how does knowledge make a difference? Maybe how has knowledge ever made a difference to you? Go, how is this statement true? Knowledge should make a difference. Go, tell the person next to you.
Five seconds, four, three, two, one. All right, so um, I'd love to hear how do you think or how has knowledge made a difference or how should knowledge make a difference? Um, how about this side of the room? How does knowledge make a difference? Yeah. Okay, so if you have a test on a specific subject and you yeah. didn't know about the subject, yeah. you're going to fail. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so when it comes to exams, knowledge should make a difference, right? What about this side? How does knowledge make a difference? Yeah? It stops you from doing dumb stuff. <laughs> yeah, it should at least. It should stop us from doing dumb stuff. Who agrees with both of those ideas, right? When it comes to exams, when it comes to dumb things, all right? Hands down, let me tell you a couple of moments from my own life. Uh, here up on the screen is a photo of a map um, going from the suburb that I live uh, to another suburb just around the corner. And you notice where the marker starts over here at the white dot and where it ends with the red marker pin. Where the red marker pin is actually Campbelltown Hospital. Uh, and this is the route that was marked out for my family and I, or my wife and I, when we were preparing for the birth of our first child. You see, we were like, all right, when this baby comes, we've got to know the way that we're going. We've got to know how long it takes us to get to the hospital because we want to get to the hospital in time. That makes sense, right? And so we need to get a bit of knowledge to know this is the best way to go to the hospital and this is how long it's going to take us. 16 minutes over 14.8 kilometres. Give or take a little bit of time depending on how fast the driver might be going. Well, the thing is, when it came to my first son being born, he didn't get born for like three days after the first moment of labour, right? So my wife was in pre-labour with my son for three whole days. Fire up, girls, something to look forward to. <laughs> Right? Um, and so then we got to the second kid and we were like, all right, we've got this same destination, we've got this same route marked out, but you know what? The first one, we had like three days to prepare for this baby actually to be born. So we've got heaps of time, so it's no worries. The knowledge that we had from the past has made a difference. So we'll just, we'll just be cruisy, right? We'll, when, when my wife first had those labour pains, we sort of sat back for a little bit and thought, we've got ages, no worries. But it very quickly showed us that this baby was coming and this baby was coming now. And so we got in the car and we travelled at the speed of light down Norellan Road, got to the Campbelltown Hospital and almost gave birth in the car. I'm not even joking, right? We got up into the birthing suite and my second son was born within 10 minutes of arriving at the hospital. It was so close. So then it came to our third kid being born and we were like, you know what? Maybe this time we'll just get to the hospital as soon as we can. Okay, so first moment that my wife found out that the baby's coming, labor pains were showing and stuff. She's like, let's go, we've got to get there. And so we're packing up and we're calling my brother to come and babysit my other two sons. And then we're in the car and zoom, we're down the road, heading to Campbelltown Hospital, got up to the birthing room. My wife got it on that fence. You know, there's hospital gowns that you have to wear. And one of those. And then we waited and we waited. And we waited, and we waited, well not too long, just over an hour until finally our third son was actually born. Isn't it funny, isn't it, right? Knowledge makes a difference. How you experience something and what you know about something changes the way that you live in the future. Yeah? Would you agree with that, everybody? Yeah, everyone's nodding their head, that's great. Here's another story uh, related to another map. I haven't got it up there. Um, but when I was at uni, I did a subject called Outdoor Education. And one of the big assessments that we had for that at the very end of our year was that we had to do a mega hike that started at Katoomba, you guys know where Katoomba is, and ended in Mittagong. So it started literally at the Three Sisters and we walked all the way from the Three Sisters all the way down to Mittagong, just near Bowral, right? Over six days we did that walk. It's a pretty big walk, right? 
The thing is that we were told in our planning and preparation that there was this special ridge uh, and that we had to go down. And the thing about these ridges is that while they were both on the same bearing, only one of those ridges took us to our campsite. And we needed to get on the right ridge because the wrong one actually ended with a steep cliff. And if you got to the end of it, there was no way to get down. And it was really important that we knew that because when we got to that ridge, it was going to be getting close to night time. And the fact is that in previous years, there were some groups that got there at night time, looked at their compass and they went, that's the bearing that we want. But they got on the wrong ridge and they walked all the way to the edge and they tried to climb down this crazy cliff. And in fact, in previous years, there were some groups that got terribly lost and actually stacked it and hurt themselves. And I kid you not, had to press a little button on their emergency beacon on their EPIRB and a helicopter needed to come and rescue them. So we were told, right, this ridge is dangerous. You've got to get ready for it. You've got to be there on time while the sun is up so you can see it and so you know which one you've got to go down. Now, the good news was our group was awesome and we got there right on time. We could see the ridge, took the bearing, go, that's the right one. That one's the wrong one. Let's get on it and let's get down to our campsite. And we got there safe and sound. You see, what are we saying? Knowledge makes a difference. Knowledge makes a difference. Maybe for you, though, you like to ignore knowledge. Maybe sometimes you've seen information like this, right? When UV is three or above, you need to be sun smart. So what do you do? You slip on a shirt, you slop on some sunscreen, you slap on a hat, you seek out some shade, and you slide on some sunnies. Who's heard that advice before? Hands up. Yeah, right. So this is common for us in Australia. We, we know, right, you've got to look out for the sun because it's going to burn you if you're not careful. And so slip, slop, slap, sleek, slide. There it is, those five little S words to protect you from sunburn. But the thing is, more often than not, we ignore that knowledge and that knowledge that we have actually doesn't make a difference because we don't pay any attention to it and we end up like this poor fella. Sunburnt to the max, right? Hand up if you've ever ended up like this before. Absolutely roasted and with like, it looks like even though you've got no shirt on that you're completely still wearing a shirt. Yeah. See, the thing is, Knowledge should make a difference. What we know about things should change the way that we live, right? What we know about things should change the way that we live. Should, it should change the way that we move forward in this life. Well, we're going to be learning uh, this semester from the book in the Bible called Colossians. Colossians is a letter that was written to a group of Christians. And we're going to learn about this And particularly today, we're going to see how knowledge about Jesus has made a big difference in the lives of these young Christians. And the challenge is for you. How does what you know about Jesus actually make a difference to your life? Because it really should make a difference. Let's read some of it together right now. This is from Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 to 8. And it says, Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God, our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and of the love you have for all God's people the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you 
and since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learnt it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. Here's a couple of things worth noticing. First of all, this letter is written by a man named who? What's his name? Paul. Uh, hand up if you've heard of Paul before. Right? You should have heard of Paul before uh, when we studied the book of Acts in year 7. Paul, his name originally was... Saul, that's right. And Saul, he was actually a persecutor of Christians. He didn't like Jesus. He didn't like Christians. And in fact, he was out and he was killing Christians very early on after Jesus had ascended and gone back to heaven. And the thing is that while he was out doing that, an amazing thing happened that Jesus appeared to Saul and Saul, by this amazing story, actually becomes a Christian. He actually becomes a believer in Jesus and so he changes from being a persecutor to being somebody who actually encourages others to believe in Jesus. And so Paul writes to this church in Colossae and he writes to this church in Colossae with his friend named Timothy because of what he has heard about this church. Paul has actually not visited this church before. Um, in fact, there was a guy called Epaphras. Did you see his name at the bottom of that reading? And Epaphras, he was the one that took the wonderful message of Jesus to this church in Colossae. Colossae, it's a weird name, uh, but that's a place um, which is now modern day Turkey. Okay, up in the Mediterranean area, just sort of to the east of Italy, if you look at the map. Modern day Turkey is where Colossae was. And so he writes to them, to God's holy people in Colossae. Holy is another way of saying that they are set apart as God's people. So these people are Christian people. They've been set apart by God and they belong to God. But what else do we notice about these people? Because remember, we're thinking about how knowledge should make a difference, right? How knowledge has made a difference. So what do we know about these people in light of the knowledge that they have about Jesus? Well, first of all, here in the green text on the screen, in verse 2, it says that these people in Colossae are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. Have a look at verse 4. Paul has heard of their faith in Christ Jesus, but not just of their faith, but he has also heard about the love that they have for all of God's people. So these people are people of faith in Jesus. They are also a people who have a love for others around them. But then lastly, down the bottom in verse 5, this faith and love actually springs from the, what's the H word that's there? From the hope, from the hope that is stored up for them in heaven, about which they have heard from this gospel um, already. You see, these guys, they are Christians and they have responded to this wonderful message of Jesus. They have heard the true message of the gospel in verse 5 and it has really made a difference to them. Faith, love and hope. Faith in Jesus, that Jesus is the one that saves. Love in, as in a way that they're serving others around them and caring for all of God's people and also hope. The anticipation that something wonderful is coming in the future. But can I just make a comment on that? This is not like a blind hope, like a fingers crossed, eyes closed, I really hope that I get this really good thing. But this is the sort of hope that you might also experience at Christmas, right? Where you go shopping with your mum and she says, what do you want for Christmas? And you say, mum, I'd really like a nice new watch. 
And she says, okay, no worries, let's go. And so you go shopping for a nice new watch and you choose it. Mum buys it, she wraps it, and then she puts it away and she says, you're not going to get this until Christmas Day. How many of you have had that happen before? Right? Up until Christmas, you're living in hope that you're going to get that watch, aren't you? But you know you're going to get it, don't you? Well, it's the same thing for these Christians. They know that heaven is stored up for them. It's not a blind hope, but it's a knowledge that is fueled by what they know is true. See, these Christians had a knowledge of Jesus and the saving truth that comes through him in verse 5, and they therefore display these wonderful characteristics of faith, love and hope. But the thing is as well, like many others around them, many other Christians who had just heard the gospel, we actually see in verse 6, that the gospel is bearing what? It's bearing fruit. That means there's a product of their faith. And that product of their faith has been evident ever since the day they, verse, uh, verse 6, they heard it and they truly understood it. Do you see, guys, the church in Colossae have a knowledge of Jesus. They heard the true message of Jesus Christ. That is through Jesus they are saved from their sins and it has produced in them a new life. It has changed the way that they are living. So for the Colossians, they heard and they understood the gospel. They were changed by the gospel and they are also renowned for their commitment. You know what I mean by renowned? There's like an element of fame about them, that they are well known for their commitment to Jesus because it's evident in their faith, their love, their hope, and in the fruit that they produce as God's people, as Christians. You see, knowledge should make a difference, but also Jesus ought to make a difference. And we see that that's true for the church in Colossae. Knowledge about Jesus ought to make a difference. And so I want to ask you, right, has Jesus made a difference to you? How has the true knowledge of Jesus and his saving work on the cross actually made a difference to you? Because it should make a difference. So you sort of ask it like this, what are you renowned for? Because if Jesus really has made a difference to you, it should be evident in you that Jesus has made a difference. So for instance... If you are, uh, well, whether or not you are with Jesus, or you, then are you known for your love? Are you known for your care and your thoughtfulness and your integrity and your passions? But particularly if you are with Jesus, then they're things that you should be renowned for, for loving others and for caring for others, for being mindful of other people around you, for being a person of integrity and being passionate about sharing the gospel of Jesus with the world. If you're a Christian, are you known for your faith, love and your hope? Are you even bearing fruit and growing up in this good message of Jesus? Guys, even think about it like this. Imagine if we were all really impacted by the true message of Jesus, what would Broughton be renowned for? Imagine if we were renowned for faith, love and hope and good Christian fruit. To finish off, right? Jesus came to make a difference in our lives. And that difference ought to be obvious to others. So if you're looking for a fresh start this year, 
Can I urge you to consider Jesus once again? You've heard that original message, haven't you? That for God so loved the world, he sent his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have eternal life. That's the original message, but don't just let it wash over you and then ignore it. But instead, let that knowledge make a change in you. May that message be the basis of how you live. May that message be the basis of your identity so that today, as you walk out of this room, that you would consider living a life in Jesus. It's a new year, new opportunity for a fresh start. So reconnect with this original message and allow it to mould you to live a life of faith, love, hope and fruitfulness. Today, don't just know about Jesus, but actually understand him and walk in him. Let's pray together. Thanks for listening to my podcast. Uh, I hope that was an encouraging opportunity for you to learn something more from God's word about how he has loved us and how he has saved us and who he calls us to be in Jesus. Feel free to get in contact with me via Twitter at MRK underscore Schroeder.